Hi, I'm Allison Hare, a former corporate executive on a quest to help you and me live our days with more joy, more intention, and more meaning without burning ourselves to the ground. Welcome to the Late Learner Podcast, where we take old, broken paradigms and we create new ones that are just going to plain work better for you. So what are we late learning today? Well, this is kind of a big deal. This is episode 200 of the Late Learner Podcast, and I've got some exciting and unexpected announcements and goodies for you. So I want to make sure you listen all the way through. But do you want to hear something crazy about podcasts? Most podcast shows never make it past episode eight. And talking about a podcast graveyard, did you know that there are over 4 million podcasts out there and only 460,000 are active as of October 2023, meaning that they've published an episode in the past 90 days. That's a lot, right? Four million podcasts, only less than half a million are active. So how does someone get to 200 episodes with plenty of juice in the tank for more? Well, let's put a pin in that. And I'm going to talk about the biggest lessons that I've learned. But before I do, let's get to the good stuff. What is stuff? It's the surprisingly true, useful fun fact. And the day this comes out, it's Thanksgiving in the United States. But a study by One Pole and Prunelax out of New York said that 65% of people dread the havoc that's wreaked on their guts from overeating during the holidays. Like you're anticipating tryptophan, the cookies, the parties, all of it. So how do you combat this? Well, Dr. Marin advises that above all else, the best thing you can do for your body is listen to it. And with that, I hope that you eat, you drink, and be married today. But also, if I could extend this out to you, if you are eating to oblivion today, maybe Maybe, hear my words, hear my voice, slow down a little bit and check in with your body and ask yourself, are you full? Now, speaking of Thanksgiving, how are you feeling about this week? Honestly, I love the holidays so much, but there is some weirdness that happens too. I mean, real weirdness. Are you dreading seeing family or are you really looking forward to it? Does your blood pressure go up when you think of the snide comments your mother-in-law is going to make about how you raise your kids or the inevitable comment about insert whatever political figure is going to send you over the edge? I have been thinking a lot about weeks like this, especially centered around gratitude when instead of feeling super thankful, you might feel extra nutty about the disruption and and feel guilt on top of that too. Like it really is kind of a different rhythm, a different week of that. So if you're feeling that way, just know you are not alone. And I think that any change in the schedule can throw us for a loop. And if you're like me, someone that thrives in having lots to do and running from here to there, I want you to remember this. Any moment that you're feeling anxious. In fact, I would love for you to do this now. 
I want you to put your hand on your heart. Just do it right now. Put your hand on your heart. It literally sends a signal to the rest of your body to regulate your nervous system. It's like giving yourself a hug, even just the physical warmth of your hand. So anytime you're feeling anxious or feeling stressed or feeling like, whew, this is a lot, just put your hand on your heart. And the other thing is that not only does it help keep you a little more calm down, it also makes you present, which brings me back to this podcast. So let's rewind for a minute because this show has a storied history. First of all, I remember when I was in college, I was a sophomore in Professor Ernest Wiggins' class, and the class was called Voice and Diction. And if anybody could find Ernest Wiggins, please let me know. I would love to talk to him and thank him. And I remember the first time I spoke in the front of that class of Voice and Diction, it was kind of like, you know, in Wizard of Oz when Dorothy lands in Oz and everything goes from black and white to technicolor? That's what it felt like for me. Now, I know that some people get really scared of speaking in public, not me, but I am, however, scared of PowerPoint and would rather die than put together a presentation deck. So we all have our things, right? But I discovered my college had a radio station. Uh, it was in the good old New Jersey, and I got a show on Fridays at 8 a.m. Now, I don't know if your college was like this, but my college Thursdays were party night. Nobody was up at Fridays at 8 a.m. I had maybe zero, maybe one listener. I don't even know. It was only a 10-watt station, and it did not even reach my dorm. But damn, I was in love. I've always been a music nut. 90s new wave has always been my thing. And I quickly switched my major from psychology to communications and broadcasting and set my sights on becoming a radio DJ. In college, I'd gotten DJ of the year three times in a row. And trust me, it was not because I was good. I sucked, but I was passionate. And after I graduated and sent my favorite radio station a stack of pizzas with my shitty demo tape and resume on top, they said no, they were and I remembered my voice's mom in my head. Never rely on a man to make money. Always make your own. Never rely on a man to make money. Always make your own. Okay. Now, working in radio has never traditionally been a lucrative career. And I, I wonder if somewhere in the back of my head, I took that as a sign as like, well, if the answer is no there, let me figure out what to do to make money. And that never rely on a man to make money, always make your own. That told me I needed to work as hard as possible to earn money and always rely on myself. So I waitressed, I bartended, I got a regular corporate job in marketing. My dad was a workaholic. He worked all the time and he traveled the world. My mom was a stay-at-home mom with six kids that I suspected by her urgency for her daughters, especially, she would tell us, you've got to graduate college. You have to work a good, stable job with a reputable company, get benefits, never rely on a man to make money. I kind of got the sense that she beat that drum out of her own regret. And also, like many of you listening, I imagine, you might have parents that are from that similar baby boom 
generation, that scarcity mentality. So I was always proud to work my ass off and earn money. And when I moved to Atlanta in my 20s, I went into sales. My dad, who was a businessman and a salesman, and my older brothers, they were all in sales. And I really wanted to make them proud of me. I always thought it was important that I have the respect and could hang with the boys. Isn't that funny? I want to put a pin just for a minute, like a little side note. I remember being younger and boy crazy. I had crushes on all my older brother's friends, but I was kind of fugly, you know, like I wasn't popular or pretty. I was also a loud mouth and sarcastic as fuck. Guys were not really chasing after me. I know it's surprising, right? But I was daydreaming about chasing after them. And if I'm being honest, I've created a life of chasing, 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 chasing. It's like that masculine en energy was deeply, deeply, deeply rooted of always going, 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 right? Like always doing, 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 doing. So the feminine energy of receiving was really an underdeveloped muscle. It was always put on a shelf. So hold that thought. Back to work. I didn't know what I was doing, but I just kicked ass at sales. I started winning trips and awards. I got stock options, earned cars, 401k benefits, good money. Yep, yep. Let's keep it going. Mom, are you proud? Dad, are you proud? Yes, yes. Go, go, go. And remember that radio career. Yeah, as long as I'm making money in sales, that can be a fun daydream too. But I'm going to put that on the shelf as well. And I want you to kind of think about maybe some of those dreams that you've had. Maybe your dream has not been in radio or podcasting or all of that. But how many times have you kind of put it on the shelf, right? Like swept it under the bed and said, I, I got to be practical here. And so over the years, I would dabble in using my voice. I would join Toastmasters. It's an international speaking organization. I've done it multiple times, actually. And I use the speech preparation really as a springboard that really defines some of my own unique ideas and opinions on solving problems. And I started a music blog, and I interviewed and promoted emerging artists. I got to interview artists like Amos Lee and the Civil Wars and Arrested Development. Yes, Arrested Development. I learned, I love to interview people and I loved to get people on my blog. I loved, I love the yes, the thrill of the yes, right? I love to interview people and find the marrow that nobody else was asking. And I really started to get good at writing, even though I found the process back then really torturous, but I kept doing it. And I never pursued monetizing the speaking. I was afraid, I want you to listen closely here, but I was afraid that if I pursued what I loved, I would be disappointed. Hmm. Does that sound familiar to you? Are there passions you've kept on the slow burn or just had a secret pilot light on and talked yourself out of pursuing it and kind of convince yourself like, well, you don't want what you love to become a chore. Ugh, why do we do this to ourselves? So I met my husband. I got married. I was still kicking butt at work. More trips, more money, more prestige, new house, cars paid off. Never rely on a man to make money. Always make your own. 
I remember how proud I was that my husband and I paid for our entire wedding ourselves in cash. We didn't get a dime from anybody else. I did that. Then I had my kids. We were older when I had my kids. I was 38 when I had Danny and 40 when I had Juliana. And once I turned 40, this is where I started to pick up all the mileage, all the wrinkles, and the pavement started to get some potholes that inevitably come with age. And so I had a, I had this whole slew of like crap happen all within a short succession. I had a traumatic birth experience, a four C-section, a child in the NICU. When I was trying to have my daughter, I had fertility struggles and we did IVF. After that, I had this wild obsession that turned into a body dysmorphia. I had disordered eating, orthorexia, botched plastic surgery. It was just wild. And at the same time, we are all experiencing this unprecedented political climate and unrest, this cultural upheaval that's still there and all of this division. At the time, I was volunteering in an inner city school and witnessed truly firsthand the systemic racial inequities that I never had any exposure or even remote understanding of before. And learning about the broken medical system, especially as it related to maternal health care, and realizing we're in this problematic patriarchal society that kept women so far behind that we were just starting to scratch the surface of how do we correct this, right? And don't even get me started on the reversal of Roe v. Wade. So, so much was happening in such a short span of time. And to me, I felt like I couldn't take it anymore. I felt like there was such an intense pressure in my chest. I needed to do something different, something with impact that I knew that if other people like me learned, and I, I want to say this really clearly, I was in a bubble just trying to get the accolades, like trying to check off the boxes. Do I have the money? Do I have the cars? Do I have the husband? Do I have the kids? Do I have the house? Do I have the good job? Do I have all of these things? And that was all I really cared about. And all of this stuff, this kind of upheaval started happening out of it, where all of a sudden I realized that it felt like my walls, this bubble, it needed to be bigger. It needed to grow. That dissonance and that irritation, that agitation was like a giant signal saying, Allison, you have got to play bigger and you've got to do something differently. And I realized that if people like me, if other people like me learned what I was learning in real time, we could actually change things together. It was almost like if people had awareness, if you know better, you do better. And what if we banded together? But what could I do? I was just corporate girl posting snarky comments on Facebook and thinking that was making a difference. I didn't even know where I could start. I mean, do you feel that way too? Like, where am I doing enough? How am I showing up in this world? I mean, you ask yourself these really important questions where it's almost like the clothes that you're wearing become too small and you just need better clothes that fit and clothes that can grow with you. And I wondered, I didn't even know where I could start. 
Should I run for office? Hell no. Although I really did consider it because I was so upset over the political unrest. Was voting once every two years enough? No way. Could I use Facebook as my platform for change? Uh, hell no. So what? Well, I did what any basic white girl would do. I spent a ton of money to join a mastermind, a manifestation mastermind, where it was like 40 days to manifest a new future. Fine, I'll do it. And right around that time, I got a promotional email asking to join a podcast launch workshop. Podcast launch? Huh. You remember those old radio days? Listen, I did not even look at the price or give one moment to consider what my podcast would be about. I just said yes. I had no topics. I had no official expertise that I knew of or considered. I just knew I wanted to make a bigger impact and I trusted I would figure it out. And on May 14th, 2019, I launched what is now called the Late Learner Podcast. And it has been through such an evolution. It's had four different names. I loved podcasting so much. I have a degree in broadcasting and lots of folks were asking me how to build their own shows. And I have had a podcast launch academy and help tons of people launch their own shows, some that are way bigger than mine is today. But after 200 episodes, it's been downloaded over half a million times. It has won awards, including the top podcast ranked by the readers of the Atlanta Magazine, which to me, I live in Atlanta, this is a big deal, and is globally ranked in the top one and a half percent. Of course, this has everything to do with you. You listening week after week, applying the lessons, sharing in your circles, and your lives changing. I always think about like, how do we change a culture? You have to share the ideas that you're learning. But let's bring this back to you. Odds are, if you're listening to this show, you're a person who cares about making an impact. You care about others. You care and love your family deeply. And you care about always improving. This life is not a dress rehearsal for you. You want it to mean something and you know you're made for more. So what is your platform? How do you create change and meaning in the world? For you, it might be at work. It might be at home with your family and your kids. Maybe in your, you and your partner model what it's like to have a loving home for your kids. Or maybe things are really tense right now all the way around. You're feeling that friction and not sure how to make a change. Or you might even be wondering if change is possible. You know, I talk about people who listen to the show and work with me. They do not come to me broken. They come because they realize they are tired of the bullshit telling them that they need to be fixed. And they realize that they've simply outgrown their container and are trying to figure out what their bigger world looks like. It's almost like a new set of tools because the old ones that have got you to where you are now, they're not working anymore. They've kind of run their course. And so it almost feels uninspiring that you've checked all these boxes and figuring out what's next. And what I've learned from showing up at the mic 200 times is that the magic happens not in your head alone ruminating, but when you're connecting with others. 
it's the magic is truly like the spark in between. There is such a power and release of sharing your heart and soul and the information that you find in your words, in your voice, in your little corner of the world. So if you're feeling that stirring, that pit in your stomach where you know too much and you feel the comfort of where you are, you feel the comfort, right? Like the comfort keeps you complacent. And granted, I know you're grateful for the comfort, but you know that you're being called higher. You know there's more out there for you and more mission for you to step into. And I need you to do, if you're feeling that, one thing for yourself today. I need you to do one thing that can make it real. Whether it is saying out loud to someone else, sharing your ideas, or scheduling a meeting with a mentor that can help you find clarity, that mentor might even be me. Texting a friend that might have connections to a new career or joining a Facebook group in your field of interest. Do one thing today and throw it out there. Allow the messages of the world all around you illuminate. And the way you do that is you slow down for just a moment, ask the question, what do I do next? And listen, you'll get the answers. One of the things I do with my coaching clients is we practice taking immediate inspired action before the fear and analysis take over. We do this so often in our community where it becomes natural. It becomes instinct and a game of trusting our intuition. So where do you get inspired? It might be in the shower or maybe out for a run. Perhaps it's journaling. For me, I get lots of ideas when I'm in dance class. I mean, that makes sense too. Like you're in motion, right? Like for me, my meditation has always worked and clicked for me when I'm in motion. Someone or something, an idea will pop into my head. So I've trained myself to immediately text somebody after class and put it into motion. I don't wait until I get home and meticulously craft out the perfect email or text or thoughts. I'll say, hey, I had this idea. I wanted to run it by you and just do it rough. So I encourage you to do that today. And speaking of which, Oh, I have a really special announcement that has come up fairly quickly, also kind of in this vein. As I mentioned, I used to run a podcast launch program, several actually, and some of the biggest podcasts in the world have started out in my program. And I have partnered with Empire Partners and I'm opening up a beta case study program to go from idea to fully developed podcast in eight weeks. This is not a DIY, figure it all out yourself course that you see everywhere. This is shaping and molding it and doing it with you every step of the way. So if you've ever kicked around having your own podcast, but you don't know where to start, this is for you. I am only working with a small handful of clients and I'm only doing this beta once and only once. So it will never be offered again at this low price. So if you want someone in your corner helping you every single step of the way to have the most impactful and powerful podcast that is changing lives, even your own, even if you have no idea what it would be about, I would reach out immediately to me. 
you can text me the word podcast at 404-999-1418. I'll find out a little more and send you more information. Or you can shoot me an email with the subject header, header podcast at allison at allisonhair.com. I would not sleep on this as I am only working with people committed to getting their message out there and changing lives. And we start soon. So don't wait. Again, if you feel that nudge, don't let all the excuses flood in. Let's act. Send the word podcast via text to 404-999-1418 or email the word podcast to allison at allisonhair.com. Isn't that exciting? Woo! I'm pumped to do this again and can't wait to have the group uh, meet and support each other. And I'll tell you, this is from experience. Podcasting can be a lonely venture, but not if you're working with me. That is for damn sure. And I think it's actually a great reminder that there's never a perfect time to start something new. In fact, what I've learned through 200 episodes and evolving this podcast is that one of the secrets to being motivated to show up week after week and record new shows, well, you know, for me, I've always been a neophyte, meaning I'm somebody that craves new and novel. I don't know if you're like that too, but to me, it gives me energy. So this podcast has allowed me to cover such a wide variety of topics and interview so many different people. It's something I'm so proud of, but is also a testing environment. It always is. So I thought I would highlight some of the wild topics I've covered over 200 episodes. Again, this is a place where people come to change the culture through taking an honest look at what it takes to become your very best self. So there are some notable top tier people that not only have I got to interview and feature on my podcast, but create real relationships offline that have led to endless connections and opportunities. So if you are thinking about having a podcast, one of the most incredible benefits is having conversations and having people in your orbit and reasons to talk to people that you would have never had access to otherwise and having these meaningful conversations. So the connections itself are priceless alone. And then you get to impact others. So I've been able to interview Seth Godin, Jesse Itzler. I have interviewed Academy Award nominated legendary actor and mental health advocate, Mariel Hemingway, just to name a few. But let's talk about some of the topics that have been really fun to late learn along with you about. An unconventional young Catholic priest. And we talked so honestly, about marginalization in the church. And that was crazy to get the feedback. I've done a podcast episode on how I hate playing with my kids. I love my kids. I just hate playing with them. I don't feel like I'm good at it. And so many people crawled out of the woodwork saying, oh my God, me too. I've never said it out loud. And some of my most popular episodes are the parenting ones because I only invite guest experts on that have fresh and effective approaches that you just don't find anywhere else. I had an episode on BDSM in the boardroom. If you don't know what that is, Google it, and I'm sorry. That was one of the craziest episodes I have ever, ever done. Uh, I'll just say that the person that I had on got into character 
on the show. But we've covered things like adult female friendships, sex after sexual trauma, belonging, cults, my favorite, identities. We've covered Enneagram, human design, new healing modalities like EMDR, binaural beats, accelerated resolution therapy, rejection sensitivity. I've even gotten scolded on air by Gwyneth Paltrow's yoga teacher on aging. And then I had, oh, this was so wild. I had an episode or two episodes about getting sober from the husband's perspective and the wife supporting his sobriety. And that one was a doozy. And people came out of the woodwork, honestly sharing how they were struggling silently with alcohol addiction on that one. I've covered life as a trans person and documented my journey with psychedelic assisted therapy and quitting my corporate job with no plan. So what does all that mean for you? Well, besides thanking you for your emphatic feedback in your ears, it means that there are so many interesting and important topics that I can't wait to talk about with you, juicy ones. And one of the biggest lessons I learned about staying motivated staying consistent and con continually publishing my podcast and through my weekly blog is really leaning on the accountability of showing up week after week for you. One of the things I teach my kids, once you commit, you don't quit. And this podcast has become my form of expression, but also the impact that it's created for you, my friend. The fact that you expect it. To me, that's become a drug. I really love that you expect to see these podcasts on Thursdays. I get notes and DMs from you. Sometimes they're in tears. Sometimes they're sheer excitement that the insight shared on here has unlocked something for you in your life, or it's repaired a relationship with your husband, or made you feel less alone, or inspired you to try something new, or break up with a toxic friend, or raise the bar for what's possible for you. To me, that's what this is all about. What do you do with this information, right? Like it's one thing to entertain you, but what are you going to do with it now? And this has taught me that even though you may never really know the impact you have on everyone around you or in your orbit, I don't want to play small. I don't want to live my life hiding in the shadows, scared to be honest out loud. I want to live full out. And I want you to live full out. I don't want you hiding anymore. I don't want you couched in the comfort of what you built and what you're used to when you know deep down there is more for you. So sometimes I get asked how I come up with the topics and the guests. And a lot of times it's a combination of listening to your feedback and what you might be struggling with and what's important to you. I really kind of take great care of listening in some of the communities that I'm engaged with, you know, of what keeps them stuck or what they're curious about. Some of my favorite topics are the guidance I get from you. And personally, the topics are so interesting to me. So I get so excited to dig in and have meaningful conversations. So it's truly energizing. But do you want to hear some like behind the scenes tea spilled too? It's been interesting interviewing people that are super fascinating, but also interviewing people I don't always agree with. While my podcast is not like a gotcha journalism podcast, I do love the discourse of finding guests that may have unconventional approaches that I don't understand, that 
once explained, they make so much better sense and actually work for us. So frequent guest and fan favorite, Cindy Robinson, who's been on the show many, many times, she talks about wildflowers. These are the people that are underestimated, but when they bloom, it's like the most beautiful thing ever. And that's who we are as late learners. We're the late bloomers, the ones that lead more with curiosity than judgment. So what are we late learning next? Well, I've got another big announcement. I launched my new website today. It has ways that you and I can work together. It has free gifts for you. And for the first time, I have made one of the best and most effective tools that I've used with my coaching clients available for you. It's called the Effectiveness Booster. And what's cool about the booster is that it actually has improved relationships, like the ones that mean the most to you. And you can do it in less than a minute. And now it is available for you. Now, I have to be fully transparent here. I am not entirely sure if everything on the website is live yet. On the day this comes out, you know, which is Thanksgiving, but uh, it will be. And I want you to give me some grace there but I want you to get my emails. I want you to sign up for something. I want you to go on it, share it, whatever it is, and have fun. My new website is going to be an interactive hub of fun, insight, a way for you to level up every aspect of your life. And quick reminder that I'm offering a free breakthrough call if you want to support through your next phase of life. You can find out more. Go to allisonhair.com and let's go. Also, if you're wanting in on the podcast launch beta program, email the word podcast to allison at allisonhair.com. All the links are in the show notes. Thank you. Thank you for 200 episodes. 200. We did it. Thanks for listening. And until episode 201, I'll see you on the socials. <laughs>